to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady on. Her name is Dr. Kat Lindley. She is the president of the Global Health Project. Just back from uh, Ireland speaking to Parliament. We became fast friends on Spaces on X. And Doc, it's good to see you. How are you? Great seeing you. Thanks for having me. Now, you're very welcome. The information that you bring into these spaces is amazing. The truth that you've been talking about for years now when it comes to COVID and other infectious diseases has been amazing, but it was also shut down, censored, and put off into the corner because you know there are other actors out there that have the power. They wanted to push Big Pharma, wanted to push the idea that this was naturally occurring and all this stuff. Let me start with what you just did because I think Europe is doing it better than the, the United States is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but why were you in Ireland and why were you speaking to Parliament? I was invited with several other people to go to their parliament on behalf of one of their senators to talk about the pandemic treaty and the amendments to international health regulation that World Health Organization is negotiating. Well, see, I don't, I don't even like the way that sounds. I like that you went. I'm, I'm glad that you're telling the truth and I'm glad that you spoke. But am I wrong when I say there should not be some central global agency that decides everything for everybody? You're 100% correct, because actually it's it's even worse than that. I think during this past pandemic, we've seen the failures of the World Health Organization and our own agencies. And now with the pandemic treaty and amendments to international health regulation, they're trying to really negotiate even more power. Some of us contend that this is actually power grab and it's going against our sovereignty because the World Health Organization would have power to actually close down the borders, uh, mandate certain uh, treatments, uh, documentations, you know, digital ID passports, vaccines, treatments. And in the past, they used to, used to recommend these things, but with the amendments to international health regulation and the treaty, now they will become obligatory advice that we would have to take. It's Dr. Kat Lindley. I want to I want to get into that a little bit more. Dr. Kat Lindley, go and follow her at uh, globalhealthproject.org. Follow her over on X. She does an amazing job posting the truth over there. So, so what you said is something that the WHO is lying about. The WHO said, no, we're not trying to take over. We're just going to still make recommendations. But you're telling me what they're proposing would actually make it obligatory. You would have to do it. So I'll explain you specifically. There's something called Article 18 in the Amendments of International Health Regulation. So according to this article, let's say you are, I love this example, in the middle of the jungle in Brazil, and there's an outbreak of some sort. Okay. And the World Health Organization finds out about it. Uh, they send a team and the team says, okay, we're concerned. And then the uh, Director General can actually call this event Public Health Emergency of International Concern. Now, Brazilians can kind of come and say, you know, that's nothing. It's something that happens every so often. We don't care. But with these new amendments, the director general will actually be able to declare this public health emergency without the country's consent. Once he declares it, then, and I'm going to read you some specific things. I have it in front of me. They're going to be able to require medical examination, review proof of vaccination or prophylaxis, require vaccination or prophylaxis, place suspect persons under public health observation, implement quarantine, isolation, tracing of contacts, refuse of entry, refuse entry of suspects and affected persons, refuse entry of unaffected persons that were in that area, and ultimately close the borders. So I would say that that's a lot that it would be able to do just because he thinks there is an emergency. And if you remember, he tried to do that with the monkeypox. His own committee said it wasn't a big deal, but he tried to declare it a public health emergency and it kind of just fell through because no one was listening. 
Well, hopefully nobody's listening to this, but I mean, this sounds like it's going to be somehow international law. I don't know. I don't know how you enforce international law. If I'm Brazil and some doofus at the WHO says you have to do this, 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 and this, I'll just tell him to pound sand. How does he have any power to enforce it? So there are two documents being negotiated at the same time. One is the pandemic treaty, and they actually call it now pandemic accord. Pandemic treaty has to go into our once it's approved by the World Health Assembly in May of this year, it has to go into our Senate to be ratified by two thirds of the vote. I really don't think that's gonna happen. I think we're gonna be able to block it. But then there's something called international health regulation. We adopted those in 1969. They were amended in 2005 and then recently in 22, and now they will be amended again. The problem with these is they they do not go back to our Senate or uh, the House to be ratified. Once they are approved by the World Health Assembly, we will have to opt out. So we will, within 10 months of the adoption, we will have the option to opt out. But our government, our HHS, is negotiating these amendments. They submitted most of them. So they will not opt out. Well, I want to make a comparison to a couple of things. First of all, it's Dr. Kat Lindley. Go and follow her on X. She does a great job exposing the truth when it comes to your health, comes to our future, when it comes to our sovereignty and our freedom. Uh, again, President uh, Global Health Project. A couple of things jump out at me. First of all, the Iran nuclear deal was not uh, ever approved by the Senate. So the idea that we've got to do some sort of a deal or treaty through the Senate, I agree with you. That's the law. It should happen that way. But they circumvented that. Of course, Trump came in and got us out of the deal. And then Biden came in. He wants us back in the deal. Same thing with the Paris Accord. The Paris Accord was never, ever a treaty. Notice they called it an accord because if it's called a treaty, the Senate has to approve it by, by two thirds. You're right. And that didn't happen either. So the globalists that are in our government, in this great country, they will find any way they can to circumvent, won't they? 100%. And all of these things are actually being pushed by our health and human services. So they will not uh, deny this. The only way we get out of this is what President Trump did when he was in the office and he tried to take us out of the World Health Organization. We need to do the same again. Do you know what the financing is? How much do we give the World Health Organization? And is it true, it's sort of the same uh, compound question. Is it true that China was paying the World Health Organization to, to shut up about COVID and where it came from? Well, I do know that uh, World Health Organization denied that it came from China, whether they were paying them or not, uh, you know, that remains to be shown. But I was just looking for a graph. So we actually give World Health Organization a lot of money. Some years we're second, some years we're third or fourth. But one thing that people need to understand, when World Health Organization was put together in '48, uh, I believe, the funding came 100% from the member states. Currently, we have 194 member states. The funding used to be dues from these member states. More recently, 20% of dues come from the member states, and 80% of these uh, contributions are now voluntary. They come from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They come from Gavi Foundation, from Welcome Trust. And these 80% of voluntary contributions, they actually uh, come with strings attached. Of course. So you have to follow the money, as we've learned for the past few years. And uh, there is a huge conflict of interest. Who is funding the WHO? and what type of policies they are implementing because of those ties. Well, I think it's an obvious question. Uh, can Big Pharma fund the WHO? Anyone can fund them. You Stop know, it. Gabby... Uh, so so, so Pfizer, from... 
uh, and I don't know if they're doing this, but Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, if they wanted to, they could send the WHO a bunch of money and the WHO would accept it. Because if I'm a big pharma company, then I feel like I have the right to tell the WHO, push my vaccine. If you look at their funding, the funding comes from Gavi Foundation, CEPI, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And that money is tied in with the pharma as well. So, you know, everyone is watching right now the news about disease X. Right. And there is a thread on my uh, Twitter today. It's KL Veritas. Uh, I actually posted something where it says, follow the money. I posted this thread actually probably about a month ago. And it talks about when they started introducing this idea of disease X and how now there's already having a CEPI foundation that's funding the Oxford University to create a vaccine for disease X. And one of the things in the headlines recently has been, we have no idea what it is, but it will be 20 times deadlier because that's what they need. They need this fear propaganda to get people to comply, to get the member states to vote for this. And if you listen to Tedros, he recently said that we have to do this for our future generation. We owe it to them because if we don't do it, the next pandemic is going to be much worse and we're going to fail at our jobs if we don't pass his pandemic treaty. Over on Twitter or X, it's K-L-V-E-R-I-T-A-S, K-L Veritas. It's Dr. Kat Lindley. You know, that's all very, very scary because we know that billions, if not trillions of dollars changed hands because of these forced shots. I didn't get one. Uh, I'm pure blood. I'm not going to get one. I had COVID twice and beat it in like a day. I didn't worry about it. And I think most people who are even younger than I am didn't have to, didn't have to worry about it at all. But now we've got all these side effects coming and we know these effects are real myocarditis we have people suddenly dying because of these blood clots that that are somehow attached as well and now they're planning for a worse one and and doc i thought that disease x wasn't really a thing yet they were planning for whatever that would be but how is it that that they're putting together a vaccine for something they don't know what it's going to be how do you possibly have a cure for a disease you don't you don't know what it is i would suspect they're probably putting some kind of you know bare backbone type of a project where they have most of the elements in and then introduce uh, whatever antigen they want to create a vaccine at the last minute. That's one of the things that this mRNA platform has allowed them. Um, The reason many of us are actually sounding the alarm is because the lipid nanoparticles mRNA platform is faulty. It's causing many, many adverse events and also death. But what the mRNA platform has done for them as well, it has enabled them to create a vaccine in a very short period of time. Something that used to take years to produce now can take 100 days. So they're probably, you know, building kind of this, like I said, bare backbone type of a platform just to insert whichever antigen they think needs to be um, attacked. KL Veritas over on X or Twitter, globalhealthproject.org. It is the president of the Global Health Project, Dr. Kat Lindley. Uh, Doc, when it comes to to these diseases that keep on popping up, one must assume that gain of function is still happening. Is there a medical or health reason to ever do gain of function? Which those watching and listening, gain of function basically is, we have a disease, we've got, we've got coronavirus, and it does this. Let's make it really worse for, for humans so that we can allegedly find a cure for it in case it ever happens. But something like that probably would never happen if they didn't do gain of function. So back to the question, is gain of function still happening and should it be? So one of the things actually inside the treaty that needs to be talked about is this idea that they want us to do surveillance on different pathogens. 
and then to insert it into database and share it across the world. And you have to ask the question why, and that is the, the ultimate question, whether they're gonna do some more gain of function research. Um, obviously, when you start doing gain of function, you're creating something that's not natural. And as we've seen with the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus, there are a lot of different elements of this virus that you have to wonder where they came from. Is that a dog? Is that what that is? I apologize. That's my puppy. <laughs> Your puppy wants in, to get on. <laughs> I was in Ireland and he recently, so he's been going crazy today. <laughs> he wants to be on the radio. He wants to be on TV. That's uh, that's cool. It's uh, Dr. Kat Lindley. She is the president of the Global Health Project. Go to globalhealthproject.org. KL Veritas over on X or Twitter. Doc, people are going to email me and ask me about your accent. You're Croatian, right? Yes, I'm, I'm from Croatia. I was born in Yugoslavia and I lived there under communism until I was 18 years old. Um, that's relevant because I've always seen this whole past few years differently. And I saw it as really a global attack on freedom. And in my opinion, it's really a war on freedom, faith and family, and most recently the food. And, uh, you know, with the World Health Organization, with this idea of introducing digital ID vaccine passport, with the UN trying to push CBDC so that they can introduce uh, social credit scoring that's very similar to China, I really think that we're moving towards this era of global governance. The only way we can push back is by uh, making sure that our legislators are aware of what's happening, whether they want to or not, and at least put them on the record. And I would say that our next election is going to be crucial for us to, especially here in the United States, to uh, proclaim that we still, still are a free country. It is uh, Dr. Kat Lindley. Let me just ask you quickly, and, and I think I know what happened, but Yugoslavia was one country, and then it broke into Bosnia-Herzegovina, uh, Croatia, and Serbia, right? So, uh, Josip Broz Tito was able to put five different republics in two provinces together. So, it oh, wow. was Slovenia, Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Serbia, and Kosovo. And Kosovo then we had, yes. yeah, and then we had two provinces, Slavonia, Actually, it was Macedonia, Kosovo is a province. But anyway, he was able to put everyone together. He was a dictator, uh, but a little bit uh, kinder than, uh, you know, Stalin and Khrushchev and yes. Gorbachev. Uh, we had our own little bit of a cold war with the Russia at the time. Uh, once he died, chaos kind of started. Uh, all these countries wanted to take over and, and be the primary you know, leaders of the uh, Yugoslavia, and it just never uh, was able to happen. And then in the 90s, we had a civil war. When when a, a country, when a leader, a dictator takes five countries and makes it one country, does he, does he do that the same way that we're seeing what's happening around the globe now, where you've got some centralized government promising bigger, better things, we'll take care of you, give you all your food, all your shots, we'll take care of you if you're sick, and then they got all the power. Is that, is that sort of how you do it? It is. You really are dependent on the state. You know, I remember as a child, uh, I, we were Catholics, and it was one thing you were never supposed to say that you go to a church, because if you did, then uh, your parents, uh, you know, could suffer the consequences. Because of their the, gov work. the government was, had to be the church, right? The government is the church, and it's kind of interesting that Biden said, I don't know if you remember this, a few months ago, there was some kind of... Uh, proclamation from the White House, I forget what you call those, but he said that our children are his children, 
and that's what government wants, right? Totalitarian yes. governments always say that, that, uh, you know, our children are their children and uh, the state is the one in charge. That's why it's important for our parents to definitely, you know, push back and look at what's happening in education system and everywhere yes. else. Well, we shouldn't forget about the Hitler youth. They were Hitler's children, too, and we see what happened with that. It is uh, Dr. Kat yeah. Lindley, president of Global Health Project. Go to globalhealthproject.org. Uh, let's just finish it up with this, and I want to have you back on again soon because there's so much more that we didn't get to and so much we could actually do- uh, delve into from your background being from uh, from Croatia. There's a very interesting story there, too. Um, what do you see happening in, in November? And I'm not tell- telling you to pull for one side or pull for the other side, but re- truly, our independence as a country is at stake, is it not? 100%. Um, you know, I, I wrote a post, I think it was yesterday, it really got me this whole censorship, you know, of coming from UNESCO, United Nations, WHO, yeah. from our own government. If you take freedom of speech away from us Americans, the First Amendment right, you know, what type of a nation are we? Uh, for people like me, Americans has always been a beacon of hope. Uh, it's really like, you know, that lighthouse in the darkness yeah. And with everything that's happening, you know, with immigration, I'm in Texas like you are, we see all these things happening. It's really hard to recognize where we are. And uh, we need 180 degree change. That's really it. Yes. You know, I think we need to look at our candidates and, and see who can truly make a difference and return us back to who we are. And one of the things that's happened over time, all of these different supranational agencies, they want to do global governance. They want us to be global citizens. They want us to lose our identity. They want us to forget that we are Americans. You know, part of me will always remain Croatian because I, I it's, you know, it's in my heart. Yes. The, the other part is an American. It's so important to be proud of who you are. Because if you can't be proud of your country, then why do you even live here? It's Dr. Kat Lindley. Very, very, very well said. Let's let's do this again soon, Doc. I'll talk to you on Twitter very soon, probably this afternoon. And um, and I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pad Show. Thanks a lot for stopping by tonight. We brought it like it's been brought in. We try to cover all the live stuff we could and all the big news of the day. That is Sam. That is Polo. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. See ya. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.